0: Greetings everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. I am the beyond top secret Texan. You're listening to another episode of the beyond top secret Texan podcast. One of the greatest podcasts in the world currently and you are the greatest audience in the world currently. Second to none. Thank you all very much for your support. Listeners, new and old. This is your first episode. Welcome. Welcome aboard. If you are a long-time listener and supporter, thank you. Thank you for every single um, click on that play button, for every single stream, for every single share, for every single like you've left. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Today, we're going to have a very special episode uh, continuing um, the Sam Haynes season of 2021. We're going to have a very special guest, a return guest from an OG guest from one of the uh, first guests, uh, celebrity YouTube celebrities, uh, independent creators that I personally admired and accepted my invitation to uh, be on the podcast back when it was brand new, still new, uh, wet behind the ears. It had less than a hundred views uh, in total when he accepted the invitation and, uh, appeared, and we ended up talking for four hours about, uh, horror movies, six horror movies, uh, three apiece, and it was still, I think, one of the most, uh, engaging and, uh, you know, just, you know, plain fun conversations I've had on the show, um, uh, you know, regarding, um, uh, subject matter that I'm personally interested in, and, uh, he's a great guy, he's a great scholar and, uh, YouTube creator, great content creator in his own right, an author, uh, writer, uh, of the horror novel, or novella, um, uh, Ivory Blood, excellent, excellent, uh, horror connoisseur, horror auteur, and, some would say a, a, a Master of horror in the making, BH Pumpkin Claw. And um, I'm going to be, you know, just absolutely um, giving this 110%. So let's, you know, not, not let's just cut to the chase exactly. Let's, let's give him a call and everything. He's waiting on the other end. Next time you hear me, uh, we'll be speaking. And we're going to be speaking about horror subgenres. Uh, we're going to be speaking about on his podcast. This is actually a dual cast but uh he's hosting uh I return the favor for his new podcast uh you know the uh haunted strain and it's uh an incredible podcast uh so include that into his uh list of uh you know his resume that I just gave out and uh read off so yeah now a podcast host in his own right With the haunted strain, so go check that out and everything. This is going to be a dual cast. You will catch this episode on his YouTube channel, which is BH Pumpkin Claw. Um, So YouTube at BH Pumpkin Claw, Um, and you can pull up his uh, his uh, YouTube channel. has a number of great videos, excellent amount of videos to binge watch. Great subject matter, great host in his own, uh, great content creator in his own right. I've been watching his videos uh, since 2018 you know, consistently, absolutely entertained every single step of the way by it, um, so highly recommend his YouTube channel, this is why I reached out to him, but, you know, we've just had, uh, the great fortune of actually, you know, having great minds think alike in this, in this case, so, um, going to be dual casting this, this is going to be part of my Sam Haines series of, uh, horror and, um, you know, Halloween, uh, spirited, themed, um, episodes, and, you know, bordering on real-life supernatural events to these supernatural legends and myths and lores, and, and uh, uh, the more frightening and and intense of these experiences, the more the more natural, and because everyone who's heard BH Pumpkin Claws episodes on my uh, podcast before uh, know that nature horror is, is how we started, and we've kind of just been able to keep a uh, you know consistently hammering out these episodes and these uh, great conversations to have that paint bigger pictures paint uh deeper pictures of both the horror genre and in ourselves you know so um you know i'm looking forward to this conversation about subgenres genres and the horror uh, the horror domain the horror discipline so let's get into it cut to the chase and let's give them a call Namaste and shalom, brother. How's it going, horror fam? Good okay. All right, man. Uh, like I said, I've, I've kind of uh, been looking forward to this, and I'm super excited. So I'm all revved up and ready to go. I got my notes in front of me.
1: I got you. Uh, do you uh, do you want me to just record? How do you want to do this? Do you want me to record my uh, openings uh, first, and then we'll get into yours? Or yeah, you're so...
0: the you're the host of your of your podcast. This is uh, for the Haunted Strain, and and so you take it away, and and you know, okay.
1: yeah. All right, So, uh, welcome back, our family, to the first episode of the Haunted Strain. Today, my guest is a brilliant podcaster and close personal friend, beyond top secret Texan. Um, We will be introducing to you the strain We will be individually smoking And discussing ten obscure horror genres We both chose five genres each and one movie per genre Neither of us has revealed our chosen movies to the other So we're going to do a quick shot back and forth Of genres and movies With a fast-paced discussion While partaking in a nice herbal remedy So if you so choose Please light up a desired ghostly strain And join us Stay scared my friend, let's simultaneously light up, and then uh, how about you introduce your strain?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, actually, I'll have to admit that I'm not uh, fortunate to be smoking my act- my strain of choice um, on the podcast as it is now. Uh, okay. But I, I will like to talk about my favorite strain and my favorite family of strains, which is the White Widow, the Northern Lights um, family, the, the super white heavy Indicas that are super dense and kind of legendary for winning competitions, um, you know, internationally back in the, I guess you would call it 2000s to 2010s. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I'm a little old school and so, and we all love our first real impressions of that, that super dope um and this was like you know in college and but stacked up to like sour diesel and ak-47 or granddaddy perp you know the white widow the northern lights experiences those those have always been my most cherished you know experiences and and one smoking it I mean the the power level alone it's it's above 9 thousand you know what I'm saying like it's
1: it got a very nice euphoric effect and relaxing for the muscles. It's great. It's got a
0: very spicy flavor and profile with terpenes. Yeah, taste wise, it's actually um, you know it's 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 Christmassy. Yes, it's it's like when wine tasters say it's green. It tastes Christmassy. It tastes like, uh,
1: like Meyerson, a like myrcene uh, terpenes. That's where you get like the pine, like you know Christmas type, uh, yes. like. Uh, Earthy tones
0: in it, like pine. Now that you just you just been able to explain it, like pine, like it's Mm -hmm. this like Christmas tree taste to it. Like it's like if you ever stuck your face in a bunch of pine needles.
1: Yes, it it, it was very strong
0: indica. It's very good for uh, for insomnia. Yes, because um, as we talked about previously about indicas, they they uh, put you in your um, like a mental insider introvert stage. And those were definitely the experiences I remember having, and like, in a funny anecdote way, one time I dropped off one of my friends at her apartment and was smoking Northern Lights that I had gotten from my girlfriend in Houston, and uh, she texted me, that my friend did, about her keys being left in my car. And I'm like, okay, I will pull around and come right back. I had driven maybe like three miles away from her from her apartment, right? It was about a five-minute drive. Between there and then, I had completely forgotten what I was going to do and then yeah. drove to the bay.
1: Yeah, just completely <laughs> zoned out. <laughs>
0: completely chasing butterflies. Exactly. Like I was just like, oh, it's a good day today. I'm going to go to the bay and just went to the beach. And just... <laughs> He said she called me She's like where are you Like I got You were only a minute away And I was all like Oh I'm like At the beach and, and she was like wait What And you know It was all forgiven Because it was understood And even I was like Oh man This is like You know I shouldn't be he- Operating heavy machinery
1: Yeah Well <laughs> be, That's the whole Even with that and Even when you're that high Operating your body Is operating heavy machinery
0: <laughs> Exactly That's what I'm saying Like it's one of those that you you don't have to be very delicate or nuanced or um it is definitely a um a a weed for the evening and yeah. that you're going to fall asleep uh preferably be using it to get asleep to to fall into that like uh
1: medicinally it is good for insomnia people with yeah. very high anxiety like you know
0: it is the melatonin, or the, the, mel, uh, the uh, oh, it's melatonin, right? That that natural sleep kind of remedy? I think so. It's the melatonin of strains, I think.
1: Yeah. It's very, it's very, uh, Indica's are very powerful. That's why uh, we discussed this yesterday, like, that Indica's actually, they give me anxiety when I'm out in public. Like, they're fine when I'm home, but if I have to be around people, I get anxiety from uh from the indicas, now the stevas are like what I like, and that's what I'm just true. Uh, well, I actually have a hybrid because I have a Jack Herrera and skunk number one. And Jack Herrera is a very strong Stiva, but I think skunk number one is a pretty easy uh hybrid of uh Steven and indica. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, and I always thought that was very uh, it's it's a better joint weed, it's a better uh joint marijuana or uh, cannabis, the the rolling into mm-hmm. spliffs into uh, blunt cigars it's better rolling weed than, than indica
1: so let me ask you a question what do you uh what do you prefer to watch horror movies on indica or uh or Stiva? because i'm a steeve fan but i prefer a nice indica which i actually have tonight so, I picked up Jack Herrera and Skunk Number One, and I actually also picked up Hawaii Five O. This older gentleman I work with, uh, he kind of uh, recommended it to me.
0: I'm actually almost an entirely pure uh, indica smoker since, mm-hmm. uh, for a long time, um, actually. Mm-hmm. I do not purposely seek it out, but because of the channels that we get it through Texas, uh, basically, our uh, main strain, if I had to call it anything, is like Big Buddha cheese. Um, you know, a very, very solid but very generic drove strain, but it's very popular on the black market, especially in Texas. Yeah, really? Yeah, and it's kind of muscled out the other strains. It's not muscled them out. Like, you can always find your strain dealers who are like, oh, this is from California, this is this kind of brand. Generally, though, the ones that I have been personally getting for a, for a number of years now is um, a big Buddha cheese, a nice orange um you know it's good
1: it, it's 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 kind of quality. quality orange, orange Criss cake Orange Criss cake has a nice like orangey like fluffy flower
0: Yes, yeah, it's a nice fluffy flower it's it's not like um, the the white widow or the peacemaker uh yeah. um, luxury you know uh hybrid types that are strains that you would like but uh it's it's uh you know it's solid it's not perp sometimes we get perp Sometimes there is perp. I'll I'll correct myself. Sometimes it goes between seasonal, the Big Buddha Cheese and the uh, perp. And sometimes there's nice perp leaves. You can tell, like, there's a nice perp shine to it. But, uh, you know, it's not granddaddy perp, so it must be a perp hybrid strain. And, like, there's a meme online that I like laughing about where it's, like, states where it's legal... And people are like running off and name dropping all these exotic brands. And then it's like states where it's illegal. And the guy's like, What strain is this? And it's like, It's weed, dog.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm <laughs> in I mean, where it's legal. And we, I, I've tried Granddaddy Perp and it's amazing. Oh, and it that's is. why, like, is. the medicinal, like, the legal business here. And the black market is thriving right now in my state. And I'm not going to say where I live, but. Well, maybe I have in the past, but, uh... <laughs> But, um,
0: I post my location on every single one of my videos, and I think'm like I don't want to give away my location, but it's literally on every single one of my videos sometimes you
1: just like blur it out but anyway, my state like the state has been regulating it too heavily, even though it is recreationally legal here, and the black market is thriving because of it many people I, I work with like you know they like getting it from the black market but i I like having the options of seeing like my like the bud right there. Like, I like having a large menu and knowing that since it's coming from a company, it has to be regulated. I mean, like, you know, they can't lie about
0: it. I, we get, this is mostly shipped in from regulated, safe markets, and it's mostly gotten through legal channels in other states and moved through the state lines to where we are, uh, or locally grown, and the grow ops here, you know, are obviously um it, it's clearly several, just uh, major, but but you know, limited in um, imagination. Like they grow big Buddha cheese because it's extremely easy to grow. It's extremely profitable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's... I would like to try that. I've, I lived in the north northeast, and uh, I I don't think we have big Buddha cheese. It, I gotta... I'll ask around.
0: It is um, it's not like a newer strain. It's actually one of the older strains, and right. Right. um, it had its heyday. No, it, it, I'd say it's one of the more popular by um, like if you go anywhere around the world and you ask for Joe, you you can possibly, like get a big Buddha cheese or uh, big a big Buddha like um like a bud because, like I said, it's it's somehow like. um just chose it's one of those things right it's like toyotas they're everywhere you know what i'm saying like it's just one of those things it's not like particularly good it's just it's everywhere
1: overgrowth of it and they're trying to get rid of it to get like other stuff in that's kind of like what we have here we have this one strange cherry gas and that's just like it's just too
0: much exactly like it's just one of those market things and it's like i don't grow i don't have like gigantic grow ops but i'm pretty sure if there are gigantic grow ops that supply locally they're growing just this one kind of uh, strain, which literally everywhere I've been in the last 10 years locally, uh, it has always had it, and it's it's or they got it from California, and it's that's how they get the different stuff around here. Uh, there used to be a really good locally produced uh, type of Reggie. Um, that was, um, natural grown, um, probably even from the border or, or around Mexico, but it's a Gulf Coast native blend. I used to call it Gulf Coast Crush. They get bricks of it, and it was like, you know, cheap. It was like, a, like an ounce for 50 bucks, and it was good. It was, it was, you could see the crystals, you could, you could see it was dense, it was sticky, uh, you know, sticky icky kind of stuff like that. Like, I feel bad because that stuff is not around anymore. Dro has pushed it out of the market, and it doesn't really exist um, in even the black market. Like it exists specifically only around like very Mexican, um, and I mean like with family in Mexico type speak Spanish daily Mexican, um, you know, barrio type Mexicans in Corpus or in the local area, um, and and every other more um, like college student or middle class or you know regular non you know um part of that ethnic you know little circle gets dro and it's just because it's it's more fashionable it's you know stronger it's uh relatively you know cost it, it, it's better for dealers to deal you know what i'm saying like they have their motivations and it's very rare to get that good old-fashioned um like, home uh, homegrown, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that kind of, like, where well, this is, like, specifically Corpus Christi, Texas bud, Gulf Coast of Mexico type bud, and it's very much, like, uh you know, it's sad. It's just time, ch- times are changing. Yeah. You know. And it it's, like, um, uh, it's, like, I kind of, uh
1: Hopefully Texas will get his laws in order. Well, there you go there. I just revealed where you live. I've been Actually, saying it all the time. <laughs> I
0: haven't I just said it Gulf Coast. Exactly. Like all my videos, everyone knows. Uh, but Gulf, Corpus is different. It's decriminalized in Corpus. Uh, we have a very liberal state or city policy on it and in county policy. And it's decriminalized and uh, like we would be like a like a like you know immediately you know, into it like there would be dispensaries. They would have a good customer base, and it's weird that in some states there are still dry counties. And I mean, in Texas there are still dry counties. So it's a very weird state conversation when you're like some state, some cities don't even allow alcohol, and in some cities like ours, you know, they don't even they don't prosecute or or even uh, criminally punish anything less than two ounces. And it's like that's what I'm saying. Like um, it's a very, you know, not a, like Austin is very different than like Amarillo. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like Texas is huge. Texas has 25 million people. Our big cities, like Houston and, and Austin and Dallas, are very liberal, and they would love legalized medical marijuana. Uh, Corpus Christi is amongst them. But then you got towns that are very conservative, and it's like what we talked about last time. Um, the the state is run by these hundred year old, dementia out geriatrics who are like, they just don't even know what's going on anymore, and they're like, like you know, it, it they need to go, and when they go, finally new leadership will emerge because um, it's like look at the ages of like people in the power now they're like born in the thirties and forties and stuff. I'm saying, like, they, they literally are that, that old. And you're like, yeah, they're people who were born in the 40s are still in control of Texas. And you're like, yeah, they got to phase out. They, that shit's got to go.
1: So, should we get into uh, the movies now?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, I actually would like to start with your list first because I like my, the movies I picked for your list rather than the movies I picked for my list.
0: All right, let's uh, let's jump on in then and uh us hit the ground running. Um, so, right, so I'll everyone, okay, has, yeah, d- oh. you want to give away the prompt? I'll let you introduce the prompt. It's a good, it's a good prompt.
1: Uh, so, should I name all five of the genres, or just uh, like? Okay. Oh no, just,
0: just like uh, we'll do it one on one, and I'll do I'll do my <laughs> list. Uh, we'll do like one and then one, like back and forth, and I'll start but uh, do you want to give away... Do you want to, like, you know, um, like, uh, tell everyone what we're doing? Like, the the subgenre thing?
1: Oh, yeah. So we each picked five subgenres of horror, obscure subgenres, and we chose a movie for each. And then uh, we did the same for the other one. Like, so out of the ten, we picked ten movies, but we didn't reveal the ten movies to each other. So we're just going to shoot back and forth and, like... Uh, so I'm really excited for the list that I got for you, man. Like you know, the list I used that subgenre that was like awesome. I picked some five. I picked five hell of good good movies for your list. Are you excited? <coughs>
0: oh hell yeah, I am. Yeah, uh? yeah. So sorry. <laughs> That's why I happen a lot. That's why I happen a lot during the show. This is why I try not to smoke during my podcast because I cough a lot. Yeah, and yeah, because uh, this will happen a lot, so you will catch me in mid in mid toke, and I will be coughing as I try to. Yeah, like you will you will catch me in mid toke all the time. All right, so um, we'll go first one I have on my subgenre list, and um, I'm glad you appreciate it because a lot of people don't appreciate these uh, subgenres. But looking it um. up and researching, I've actually found several lists that were just exactly what we wrote. Like, yeah,
1: well, on yeah, yours i'm really I'm really impressed with the list I put together I think I put together a list of five damn good horror movies
0: well you you have a you have one on your list that when I typed it into Google, a list had appeared on Wikipedia that was exactly what you wrote like it was it was kind of like I was like, see people get it <laughs> like see this is a thing like so first uh on my list of five is. Uh, alternative Zombie Art House.
1: Yeah. I had so many on my list for this, and I just like. But then, like, last minute, I. Not last minute, last minute last night, I, I picked this one, and I think it's a good one. I actually am going to go watch it after this. Alright, so lay it on me. All right, the girl with all the gifts.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I have that one as a contender for the one. I was Very
1: think. underappreciated movie. I don't think you got enough respect in, like, uh, like even even marketing, even like letting people know it's out there. I, I feel like it's also like it could be in the same uh, universe as uh, The Last of Us. Yes, and I. That was, like, kind of cool. I was, like, this could be, like, Last of Us, like, side story. And, like, the idea that what if, like, a pregnant woman got bitten by a zombie? Like, this is kind of a discussion, like, nerds like us, like, while we're smoking, talk about... It. I yeah. have
0: another movie on my list, further down, that I, I literally have in my margins connected to the Last of Us universe. Oh, awesome. That, that is fucking cool that you just said that. That, that whole, like... Mm-hmm. That's I have a I have a movie on my list that says connected to the Last of Us universe possibly, and I'm like that that's that kind of connectivity to other franchises. You're right. That makes movies more significant. I think. And yeah. Yes, they're not in the same of like. Who cares? Like we're fans. We can make our own theories. We can.
1: Well, that's what I base my YouTube channel on. It's just connecting
0: theories between, like you know. No, exactly, uh, and I know, like, yeah, the the license and the property uh, creators and owners didn't agree on it, but yeah, you can do that in the real world. You can have like,
1: like, you know, it's also not technically ripping it off. You're paying paying homage to. Sometimes paying, you know, what is uh, when mimicry is the best form of flattery.
0: Yeah. Or the, the, the idea of the creation of a genre in a, in the modern day gets very uh, stigmatized, even though we have, like, a hundred Dracula movies.
1: We have... But, so, but you know what, and they don't... I think each one deserves its own, like, look-upon. Like, have you watched that new Dracula series on Netflix?
0: Um, Castlevania? Or... No,
1: no, no, it was actually called Dracula.
0: Oh, I haven't I haven't got around to even uh, hearing about that. that. That must have fallen off my radar. I will check it out, though. Did you watch the Castlevania
1: uh, Netflix one? I watched the first two seasons. I couldn't get into the third season.
0: Oh, well, that's can, that's understandable. Yeah. But the first one is really good. The first season is good.
1: Oh, yeah, the first season's great. No, I like the second season. Just, oh, understandable, uh,
0: though. They do fall off in quality because Netflix doesn't seem to really care. It, yeah. You can tell and all of Netflix's shows they're just all like, oh, it lasted past two seasons? Eh <laughs> Like it, like at this point we're just leaving it up to fate. And like they just like kind of make really poor decisions and that's like why Netflix is shooting itself in the butt. But uh yeah, go let's <laughs> that's we're getting off this tangent. Um uh, no my choice for alternative zombie art house movie was Dead Girl. Ooh. Have you ever seen Dead
1: Girl? Uh, no, I don't think I
0: have, but I have it on my list though dead girl you should definitely um uh, so it's, it's a very small club of people who have seen it and definitely um uh try to rush into it uh as, po- as quick as possible because it's a an intensely good movie, very disturbing and it's very low budget so it's all like um you know it's 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 a in many ways the antithesis of a modern Zombie movie, which is like your Zack Snyder's uh, Army of the Dead or uh, World War Z. Uh, in many cases, even like uh Walking Dead, where it's these super big budget, super big sets, like hundreds of extras. You know, um, your 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 hero's journey, which has become kind of cliche. This is a movie about. Um, a uh, couple of high school kids who find like an abandoned laboratory in the middle of the forest near their high school and in the basement there's a zombie woman, a zombie girl, a dead girl. And she's like chained up and because she's not alive, they decide like the the bullies, the antagonists of the movie are the friends who decide to exploit the situation carnally. You know, um
1: so they take advantage of her like you know yeah,
0: and, her dad. and the the struggle of the movie is this boy who decides to rescue her and it's a, like I said it's a very alternative zombie movie very much not what anyone expects in the zombie genre it does not follow any of the zombie genre beats it is absolutely yeah. like a. well Girl with All the Gifts is a very good movie Uh, Very much a different take on it Like a very good take on it Um, It is still uh, Like you know The things I just said Big set pieces Hundreds of extras uh, And that's just how zombie movies are made That's like you know uh, uh, That's the zombie movie um, uh, uh, Fundamentals and this one puts well, it all on with, uh, ten.
1: With zombies people have expectations and like the one thing about them that I find very interesting is that the running zombie being sometimes a controversial like among certain dark bands.
0: I like it. I just know that I would not survive in a situation like it and it's like one of those scenes now that I'm an adult and have already done things with my life but you know know my limits. Like when you see a, a scene With a guy out running A running zombie You're like I don't got the knees for that Yeah and <laughs> uh, My lower back little My, my little lumbar wow, exactly. I just feel like On the back Going to no, fix itself Like Go on without me <laughs> Like If I saw a zombie Lightly jogging at me I'd be like Ah oh, Motherfucker <laughs> Like I did not want this remember. today
1: <laughs> That reminds me of uh, The Key and Peele sketch uh, Racist zombies
0: <laughs> <laughs> Racist zombie. Key and Peele Was funny and, um, yeah. and uh, oh, um, um, Peel has become a director, a horror director.
1: Yeah, he did. Um, he was executive producer of Candyman, but I liked Us. Uh, I thought Us was a very good movie.
0: I have not liked many of his movies. I would like to say I, I'm actually very disappointed with. Uh, that's a discussion for another time. That's a discussion for another time But he, he does have a lot of promise And I think it's good that anyone Is making horror films I'm a very much a horror snob I'm, I'm very, I, I, Yeah I'm very much a horror elitist And I like indie horror And I like low budget horror And thus I get very like um, um, Provoked when Some directors get a lot of attention And I'm like Man, hundreds of horror movies that are good are being made every year, and they don't get n- like a quarter of the press that, you know, Peel does. Yeah. And movies are a quarter as good with like, you know, four times the budget. And it's just like. But that's. I got a lot of issues with like the guy who makes The Purge and things like that because it's the same thing. Oh, and, and that's why I like giving these shout outs to these indie films. Dead Girl is very much an indie film. Uh, made in 2008 by a guy who was a. Uh, career trauma trauma pictures actor if you can believe it. Oh okay. I don't know if you true. know about trauma pictures. Um the um, Toxic Avenger, Tromeo yeah, and yeah. Julia. I
1: know Troma. Yeah Toxic Avenger, Duke uh poultrygeist
0: Yeah, Poltergeist. Uh Geist is is actually a pretty good uh, comedy horror film in its own right, and I would say is a must-watch for for any trauma fan, but yeah, Dead Girl. That's my that's my uh, shout-out. With uh, honorable mentions to Cemetery Man and One Cut of the Dead.
1: I have seen Cemetery Man, but I have not seen One Cut of the Dead.
0: One Cut of the Dead is a Japanese film that is about a a director trying to film a zombie movie when a real-life zombie apocalypse occurs.
1: That's kind of a funny. That's an ironic situation, yes, and it I, yeah, because the chance of it, of it of it happening, I mean, pretty often every year or two there's a zombie movie being made. So it,
0: it is very much a meta film,
1: and, and it, it it definitely, definitely is a film. Japanese horror films have a touch of irony in them. I, I truly enjoy. Oh, yeah. Like you, you look at it, it's kind of like a little nuanced, but um. Did we uh, move on to the next, uh, next one? Let's do it. Right. New Wave nat- Nature Horror. And I'm very sorry I just introduced your genre.
0: No, no problem. You go right on ahead. Let's see. New Wave oh. Nature Horror. Um, do you want to go first with your film?
1: Let's sure. See. I picked uh, The Hack from 2000, an exploitation film. Good. It's a remake of a 1977 film. It's basically about this family uh, who lives out in like, like farm area, Australia, and a pack of like rogue, feral dogs basically corner them and find an easy meal, like a family of like four, and just you know it's like a home invasion but with dogs. It's like almost like Cujo forced inward. I would you say it. this
0: is
1: as good as uh, Razorback uh, I don't think they can be comparable. this is like a modern movie and Razorback is like an eighties like Osploitation there's, uh, there's definitely similarities. you can tell with Osploitation the films There's similarities because they as, Australian films have a perfect way of making like a vast area seem like appear as if it's going in eternity it yeah. looks like much bigger when the Australian outback, like you know, than I mean? like Nebraska or like when Dakotas.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree um, that the Australian uh, landscape or the Australian uh, life itself, like the animals, are as much a character in the films. And if you're going to pick an Australian movie, I will pick an Australian movie as well. Blackwater Two.
1: Oh my god. Black Blackwater Two, you think the second one's better than the first one?
0: I okay, I like caves. Yeah. I like uh crocodiles. You put caves in a crocodile <laughs> it's like, I like caves, I like crocodiles. You put crocodiles in a cave, you mm-hmm. gotta be a movie. <laughs>
1: I haven't I haven't seen it and i meant to see see it. I, I kept actually I'll be honest with you, I kept pushing it off because I like the first one so much, I was hoping this one was so entirely good. Good. like
0: the first one's good. I, I I know you've done a video on it. And I really like your video on it. Like I really like the idea of it being like a river guardian.
1: Oh, no, that wasn't on Blackwater. That was on Rogue.
0: Oh, Rogue. Well, I mean, same difference. Sorry, uh, but no, Blackwater is good. I
1: thought about doing one on Blackwater many times. Australian, I'll be honest.
0: Outback crocodile, genre. <laughs> yeah, specifically set
1: in the it was so outback. Right. That sentence alone, like, you don't even. You can name the movie that, and I will pay to go see it.
0: No, Blackwater 2 is great. It's about uh, cave divers or cave uh, explorers. They, and aren't they blind crocodiles in it, too? Yes, because they are they're, they're highly adapted to the caves.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's an awesome. That's an awesome premise.
0: Because n- nature horror, I think, especially new wave nature horror, puts a huge emphasis on um, the environment in the movie, where it's no longer just right. man against beast; it's man against the environment. With
1: like, well, he was uh, when she was stuck in her house underwater.
0: Yeah, crawl. I have crawl on my right. list. It's actually the uh, the nominee. My 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 mention, which was Crawl, because Crawl is like a phenomenally good film. I watched it in theaters, and it is it's it's really really um, you know just entertaining. Like to put it honestly, like from a start to finish, it is a good film. And it's about alligators, which I mean, Mm -hmm. you, you know how we feel about movies about alligators.
1: You, you don't know, like. You just tell me it's about alligators, and I'll watch it. It's like you know, I won't even, I won't even like think twice. The uh, the movie though that I had about uh,
0: the tie into um, um, the um, Last of Us is a movie called Gaia. This movie is the most new wave nature horror I could find. It is about a cordyceps fungus that is discovered deep inside the Amazon jungle by and the researchers who go slowly begin to understand that the people who invited them, the, the, the expert, the researcher who discovered it and the locals are taken over by the cordyceps and I'll leave it at that but the imagery and the tagline uh, Gaia she will transform you. And it has more to, more in touch with Annihilation than it does with uh what you're thinking about Last of Us, which is like the scavenger, dystopia, you know, more more people trying to survive in the apocalypse than actually we, fight the
1: people versus people, but I, I do like love the 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 fungal. Like, Definitely. like I like that kind of I like that kind of like uh, alternative zombie.
0: Yeah, you watch the trailer, and it even has the clicker uh, body form. Like I said, these aren't officially tied in, but if you watch the even just watch the trailer on Gaia, and you will watch one scene where the the guy takes off his shirt, and there are and that's why I had no spoilers. It's on the trailer, um, and you see the fungus has started to kind of build up his spine. Like are, are grow onto his spine, very much like how the clickers have the fungus taking over their their faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm saying like it's it. I, they're not officially connected, just like how the girl with all the gifts is not officially connected. But I mean, their no, fungus is they create. Nice, uh,
1: it's, it's a nice homage to it. Yeah. It's a nice, you know, kind of subject.
0: The, ch- the best, uh, the best horror. Uh, one of the best horror. Properties in the last 10 years was The Last of Us. Regardless of how you feel about the story, it is our uh, Night of the Living Dead. It is our Dawn of the Dead. Like our generations. That's
1: fair to say, yeah. Last of Us is a fantastic story.
0: Like I told you, uh, years after it came out, my uh, girlfriend would play the multiplayer literally all night um, sometimes. And like that was four or five years after the game had came out, like that's what I'm saying. Like that was it to a to a large amount of people that Last of Us is a very significant intellectual property.
1: To me, to me I love uh, I love that one. Actually, I think I like the sequel a little bit better. But, yeah, just uh, like, I'm a big fan of yeah.
0: Just like how it uh, affected, the... just how Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead affected that whole generation of people in the '80s. Uh, last of us affected the people of the 2010s and i really think like that it really made them think morally and like think ethically about things like say, exactly, like imagine themselves
1: HBO better be uh that's why the hbo better be careful with like last of us like show because i think there's gonna be a lot of people with uh, sharp eyes on it so uh should we maybe move on to technological body art
0: Technological body horror
1: number three. Technological body horror. Movie that I was most excited to talk to you about. Like this immediately. Can I say my runner up first and then I'll say this one? So, uh, Existence with Jude Law was oh, my yes. runner up, and I decided on Possessor. That's um, a good one. Huh?
0: Both are good, but Existence is a like,
1: good one. Possessor good one. was so insane. It's like an insane movie, but it's so psychologically horrifying. It's perfect. Yeah. I love the movie. I love the concept, like her home life, like battling her home life along with her professional life. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was crazy. So uh, basically, I guess I should tell people. Uh, basically, you need to go through the movie, but uh, the um, the premise is that if you were an assassin like you know you would take over someone's body, this uh, this company would like knock you out implants ooh, I need to do that again, but anyway, this company would knock you out implant uh, a chip in your neck, and then uh, this meaningless the strain is already taking effect on me <laughs> so it's the I
0: mean, effect. Yeah,
1: that's, that's the other. Well, it's a hybrid, so yeah. Anyway, it's it's about a company that uh, that is perfect for assassinations. Like, if you want to get out a high level person in office, you would infiltrate one of their own people, and like they would knock them out and then plant a chip, like indiscriminately in their neck and then an assassin would like connect with them on the brain waves and like basically take over their body and live as them for like a couple of days and then finally kill their target and it's basically about the assassin now she's battling with her home life professional life like it's just mentally draining being someone else for so long so it's, it's pretty nuts it's like I feel like it's our new uh, total recall and that's like yeah Possessor
0: this is my first time hearing about Possessor uh, oh. it's good that you're bringing up these movies because like, like my radar isn't isn't like all seeing so a lot of it falls in the cracks and um, there are so many good movies being made like all the time like yeah that no I'm going to check it out Possessor uh,
1: it's actually by uh, Cronenberg's son
0: oh yes I actually have a, a Cronenberg's son on my technological body horror list too well, get out of here yeah, really? antiviral really that's David Cronenberg
1: antiviral that can't be uh, a coincidence that's uh, that's
0: think alike and when I said yeah. technological right. body horror I was like I should have just said Cronenberg <laughs> I should just said Cronenberg that's one of the actual thoughts I had and I was like maybe that's hard to yeah. understand I should have just said Cronenberg <laughs>
1: And one, t- <laughs> I guess, like, you know, saying that was a long way of saying Chronic Parks. <laughs> like, like a long, a long way, way of saying Kronenberg. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: that's exactly. So I got antiviral, and I don't think anyone's yeah. seen antiviral. I think I'm like, like, I I was like, did I imagine antiviral? Like, after I watched the first time, I was like, am I fucking, like, making this shit up? Like, am I going through this, like, video drone psychosis where I'm, like, imagining terrifying movies? Like, and that are, like, fucking with my... Because they gave me nightmares. Like, antiviral is a fucked-up film. And body horror is a fucked-up genre. So to be a fucked-up yeah. film in a fucked-up genre is... is Because they test the limits
1: of mental and physical, like, uncomfortable.
0: Uncomfortability. You mm-hmm. oh, it's absolutely <laughs> so much
1: fringe. <laughs> and uncomfortable. It puts me you to your limit. Like, you know... Things are not out of place. Uh, are things are out of place, and they're not. Right, and it's you can. It's not tell. even <laughs> subtle.
0: It's some movies uh, do that with cannibalism. Some movies do that with violence, or the the implications of that, like.
1: That, that's really sometimes not even uncomfortable. That's just like putting it like you know that shock value. Yeah. Like well, uncomfortable yeah. is where you're like kind of like. You're gradually being the, having the level and the volume raised on it. Like over, and the limit is gradually being pushed. So you're basically a frog in a, in a, in a gradually boiling pan. Like it you don't is, know you're about to be boiled alive. It like, this is you, hardcore. <laughs> and it really <laughs> is. And, and this, this like, is like, holy cow, this is uncomfortable.
0: For yeah. anyone, uh, listening who has not, um, subjugated themselves to the the masochistic experience of watching antiviral um, it is about a world, a dystopian world where celebrities are like part of a capitalistic enterprise of selling diseases and like cells of their body to companies that can like clone them, and uh, make their, like, like, like uh, consumer products, make their bodies into consumer products for all. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It is fucking terrifying, and it is like, and not like, boo, oh, there's a giant monster, or like, there's like a, like, I mean, it is a world where you're like, plunging into to it. it. Yeah, uh, by a a guy who's actually obsessed. It's not a victim movie. It's not like Martyrs, where you're like, yeah, that girl doesn't want to be there. You know, like, in a a good world, this wouldn't exist. This is a world where everybody wants this to happen, and this is why it's happening. It's not like, there's not even the excuse of being like, yeah, there's a sex dungeon, but, you know, and hostile, but, you know, surely if good people knew about it, that wouldn't be allowed. Not like in a world where people buy viruses that uh, celebrities have had in their body to inject into themselves so that they can share the sickness with their favorite celebrity who in the movie is represented by a woman and this super fan of hers and like it's it goes beyond the ideas of cannibalism to the ideas of like flesh idolatry it is a very nightmarish future Um yeah. that if you if you are alive it will disturb you it's it's like um, it's not like Serbian film but it's close
1: I've never seen Serbian film and I kind of don't want to
0: exactly like, like there are movies that are shocking because they're just I, bad for you yeah, they're like, and, yeah, they're just like bad for you. Like August Underground or like Human Centipede, where you're like, oh man, so that I movie mean, will mess you up. And you're like, yeah, because that's that shouldn't. That's so shameful and uh, like an abomination of like just what the industry stands for, what the genre stands for. Like, well, it's
1: not just for sheer, sheer shock, and I yeah, feel like it's exactly. crime as being as being gory just for the being fit. Like, it's, it's just, I don't know. Well, like, I. What the film is about, and that's enough for me. I was like, nah, I don't really need to. Leading exactly. it is interesting. Reading it is just as shocking because I can to- I can create the tone of the image in my head as I want to, but in a movie I have to go through what the director's tone was, and if their tone is a lot more. Extreme with my tone, I'm gonna be I don't know, it's gonna
0: take me out of the movie. No, you're absolutely right. The controversy does exist. And there was a time when um there's a guy right now on YouTube, uh, called Plague Moth. And Plague Moth goes on the not safe for life and he's one of the first people to do this, and he just reviews content like that, like the snuff and the gore and the the brutal shit, the the disturbing <laughs> movies. I'm saying that there's there's the and he doesn't like it. He that's saying it's it's done and tag it would done to kind of just explain what this shit is there's one thing which is like telling a beautiful psychological story about horrific content and horrific things because the world is horrific in a way then there's making it worse then there's including like i say there's there's absolutely um, like movies like the Serbian film and human centipede and things like that that are just like cringeworthy and they're just try hard like it's you know I get it like I get why they're doing it because it's this like weird arms well, race they're,
1: they're doing it because there's a market for it yeah, there's, there's always a
0: market for it yeah for you're, right.
1: People you're right who you're right. want it to be just a little bit extreme and a little and you know what? I, they don't take it to a, I, can't, I can't even say it as long as they don't want to take it to a dangerous level because there are people who say that about my, like, you know, taste in art. People, anyone's going to judge on art. And I can't judge on Serbian film. I can't judge on people who watch Serbian film. because I'm like, all right, well, that's you. I'm like, I can appreciate that, but it's just, that's not my bag.
0: I can because I've seen it, and I would say that it does cross several taboos that well, are sure. just, um, like there are crimes and then there are sex crimes and to make a movie that openly shows simulated sex crimes that's why I'm saying like like the, the um, Human Centipede 2 where they showed like a fetus being killed like under a gas pedal like after seeing that you kind of start realizing there is like one version of, of things and then there is another version of things that's called exploitation
1: and, well, didn't, what they used to call it in England, they used to call it. Yeah, like, it's
0: illegal in England. That's what I'm saying. Like England as a country has made this content illegal. And you're right; it's like um, ultra violence or something.
1: Yeah, ultra violence. Or um, right, there's violence, hard.
0: and then there's ultra violence. And when you see it, you're like, yeah, you didn't have to do that. Like there are several scenes in Serbian film that just exist purely to cross lines. Yeah, yeah. to
1: make... Yeah. It sorry, doesn't, It doesn't propel the, the story any further. It doesn't aid the plot. It's just like, hey, I'm going to see if you... It's like daring you to continue watching it.
0: Yeah, and I am not a pussy when it comes to this. I, I watch videos of real people getting shot in the face. Um, like I say, I am not... Um, the, the fact that I'm saying that these were simulated sex crimes against children. And as I'm saying, like, that's... No matter how you want to say it, like, yeah... It's not a matter of being a tough guy or not, or liking this genre or getting it. That is fucked up and wrong. And I I think the FBI would agree. (laughs) I think think the FBI would agree. Interpol would agree. Yeah, but... uh, Yeah, I'm saying, like, it's dangerously close to the line. It is dangerously close to the line. We are like, I know what I saw, and to repeat it kind of makes me feel bad. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Like, I rather watch cartel videos, like... I've
1: read, I've read what it's about, now I can, I can understand Yeah, I rather
0: watch cartel videos all day, all night. I rather sleep with cartel videos on full blast, exactly, like, than, than Uh watch Serbian film again and shit, and it's just because it's so fucked up, conceptually. Like, conceptually. Like, it's not what it, it's not what's going on or what it looks like, it's what's going, like, what it really represents and you're like, ah, oh. like, oh, that's just, you know. Yeah, you've,
1: you've done it.
0: Exactly, like, that, that, that's the line and you've crossed it. Like, and I know Serbian film can be said like, oh, it's a satire or it's against it and you're like, it, it doesn't, like, it's dangerously close. It's dangerously yeah. close. Um, but yeah, let's, uh go on to number, uh, <laughs> or four, um, independent found footage.
1: All right, do
0: you, do you want to go first and I'll go to I'll second? Go first. I'll go first. Okay, so uh, I have three on the list that are really good independent uh, found footage movies, and I try to pick my favorite out of them, but um, I'd rather just go by um, obscurity. So the least obscure, the one that most people know about, is As Above, So Below. Yeah, that's good. Excellent. I like that one. Yeah, that was interesting. Pacing, excellent pacing. It, it wasn't, uh, it, it's, it's, the line is over the top and unbelievable, but to the point that it becomes like a Vent Horizon, but in the the tunnels of Paris. Like if anyone out there is on the fence of watching it, I would say a Vent Horizon in the tunnels and sewers of Paris.
1: Yeah, the a, a version of a Vent Horizon.
0: Yep, yep. Like like a more realistic and grounded version of a rent Horizon. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: uh, um, uh, the the other one is uh. Area 407, because I feel like everyone's already watched As Above, So Below uh, as the kids journey down to like uh, their own purgatory and, and kind of like hell experience until they're reborn um, as daybreaks basically uh, from the ossuary underneath Paris, the Paris catacombs. Uh, but Area 407 is a forgotten film as is the other one, S&M Man. Area 407 is more science fiction horror and its plot is you know because it's found footage Its plot <coughs> is it's a group it's a plane full of people like, a, like an airliner full of people on vacation and the plane crashes in the desert of um, America I don't know I think it's in a, I don't know somewhere in America Nevada or something and it, it's area 407 on the map right like area 51. And as they walk and try to find rescue over the course of a night, they're hunted by dinosaurs what? and I'll exactly I will leave it at that where it's this that, uh, sounds,
1: that sounds awesome
0: If you watch the trailer, they give all of the secrets away in the trailer. but to actually see it unfold, like this is one of the rare movies I'm like, don't watch the trailer for because it literally gives away all the best moments. When you watch it play out as a found footage film, it is uh, a very good experience, And but it's not even on the Wikipedia. You look up Wikipedia on yeah, found footage films, and it gives you the lists of the whole uh, history of found footage. It is not on there. And it was yeah, made in 2008. Yeah, I want to say it was made in 2008. Um, and I remember watching it uh, on my laptop and I remember like I'd say, I remember the weird first time I watched it because I would just download movies and it was one of those things I had no idea what I was watching and then watched it happen I was like oh dinosaurs and even saying that kind of is like giving away the the because when you watch it happen you're like whoa <laughs> you're like whoa but the other one S&M Man is uh, another old forgotten film also not on the wiki if you like Poughkeepsie
1: tapes you'll like s Man I did like
0: uh, I did like James a lot. If you like Poughkeepsie no, Tapes, true crime, serial killer, super serial killer, uh, dark, fucked up, like, like just really fucked up, like uh, that's a, like. There's a line. This is okay we you're like you're talking about a serial killer. The crimes are clearly evil crimes. The guy is clearly evil. Um, you know, like, like it's not sympathetic at all. Uh, unlike Poughkeepsie Tapes, where he's kind of like a superhero, um, uh-huh. it's it's about a man, he's this little nerd guy, um, and he's a serial killer, and he contacts a director who he wants to document his serial killings, because he is not getting famous, because the uh, police and everything are not adequately... Investigate or putting together the pieces, you know, and he wants it to kind of like he wants to be a star serial killer. And it's kind of like a serial killer's diary where they talk about, uh, like, a, have you seen a Vernon Troyer or uh um, Tre- oh, What was that movie? Um, Eight Millimeter? No, it was a it was a it was kind of a mockumentary, but it wasn't about a slasher. Trevor, um, what well, it was on Netflix for about years it's this seer killer who's talking to a documentary crew about, he's gonna be a slasher and he's getting the barn set up and he's like gonna, he's explaining how like the, the, uh... Uh, That sounds, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's on the tip of my tongue but I don't, I, I, I can't remember. He's like (laughs) picking out the mask and he's picking
0: out his like tools and he's picking out his like costume and he's picking out like the location and the situation that's gonna have to happen and he's like getting it all organized. It, uh, it is very much that like you're watching it cause he's basically holding the guy hostage um another one is a uh, Creep Creep is another found footage
1: yeah Creep is very good
0: and also about a serial killer who um is having a man document his life and it very much is like that you're getting an inside look at pure evil and it's str- it's frightening because it's so familiar it's almost like you're looking in the mirror
1: Yeah, Creep, uh, Creep. I watched Alone one night, and I uh, agree, I'm glad I watched that, it was on Shutter. so um, I'm going to go into mine, uh, mine is Hell House LLC, I'm sure you probably guessed that, right? That is
0: a good one, that is, that is a good one, yeah, I like your video on it too.
1: I'm a I'm actually a newcomer to this series. I was casual to it, but it is a fantastic found footage. Like I would recommend anyone watch it. That like, um it's about this guy who runs a haunted house company, uh takes it to this abandoned hotel in upstate New York called the Abaddon Hotel in Ab- in Abaddon, New York. And it basically is insinuated throughout it that There's a gateway to hell In the basement And like Just The night of the opening All hell breaks loose And then Like the sequels Go into a much more Intricate plot I would definitely Watch the trilogy Like it's awesome But uh, I I just appreciate The um it's it's got hidden subtlety so Kubrick used to do this where like he would he would move things like you know in between takes so like when shot camera uh, like would do a swerve like back and forth like they do in movies like he would change sets but they would be so subtle you couldn't really pick it up immediately but your brain does and it creates an uncomfortable feeling yes and Easiness because you know something's wrong but you don't know what is wrong. Yeah. And he's
0: like um he's he is absolutely um
1: like lights would be on or like and then would turn off. Well the but master like,
0: of the haunted house genre, yeah, the master of the haunted house genre is is very much Kubrick. <laughs>
1: Things would move around And like you couldn't pick it up Because like it's so subtle And I feel like Hell House LLC did that Whereas like There were subtleties in the background And um And like almost like Flanagan's uh, The Haunting of Hill House Like where there are ghosts hidden in the background That the film does not acknowledge And I just I just felt like that movie was uh I really liked Hell House LLC
0: I like found well, footage ghost films. I really do. Um, quick question. How do you feel about the new Blair Witch Project?
1: I didn't hate it. You no didn't hate it? I didn't, didn't like,
0: I didn't. I thought it was good. I think it's, it should have been its own film, and it should not have been connected to the Blair Witch Project.
1: Yeah, if they named it something else, it would have been much better.
0: Yeah, like, I think they tried to ride the fame of the Blair Witch Project, but if it had just been kids going lost in the woods, also a good film. Like yeah. that's good enough to it have its, it. its own legs and to not be a sequel, or, or a really reinvention like,
1: of uh, yeah. I feel like I feel like the new Blair Witch was very much like Devil's Pass.
0: Yes, like,
1: I, where, uh, the film that goes into the Russian, like you know the, the, the I forgot that with yeah. the nine yeah great. It's a very interesting plot and I like it. And I, one, that's man. why I can like Blair Witch because I'm like okay I can dig I dig the uh, time. Time manipulating, like or reality manipulating, like you know, you know concept. About
0: those movies are like the tunnel.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, the tunnel. The exactly. tunnel is very influential. I don't even like the tunnel, but the tunnel is so influential. Um, and and before the tunnel, there was wreck and quarantine, and I believe the ending of wreck.
1: I is, is better. Wreck is better than Quarantine. Wreck is... Yes.
0: Uh, the Quarantine franchise is, is unique. No,
1: they're... I, I don't, that's not a knock on Quarantine. I actually enjoyed Quarantine, but I feel like Wreck is, like, such a...
0: I would say you're... right. right. The, quarantine is much inferior, but it's not the same. Like, Wreck is its own... Like, uh, yes, the first Quarantine is a shot-for-shot remake of Wreck,
1: but... Yeah, basically. But, like, they try to... They try to you know, Americanize
0: it. Yeah, I think there's two quarantines after that though. I think there's two sequels yeah. to quarantine and I think there's two sequels to Wreck because I remember watching Wreck 3 and and that one's on a boat. Um, yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> of course it is. Why wouldn't it be?
0: Well, because of the zombie apocalypse so there, it's, it's very um, much like uh, 28 weeks later like, you know, where you're like, wait, didn't the zombie apocalypse happen? You're like, no, no, they're on a boat. Like you know, World well, War Z, they all went to a boat to kind of like they were like in, a, in the case of a zombie apocalypse, everyone's gonna go to a boat. Like that's like, that's how it is set up. Like the military's on there, and it's like an army boat, and but then like the infection starts spreading again, and it's not found footage. That's it? like the Wreck franchise is its own thing, and it's actually very good. It's it's I love the Wreck franchise. Yeah, me too. I think that that's the most uh, probably the most influential found footage Um, because found footage is a really good genre it's just uh, I mean it's
1: redundant that's the problem with found footage
0: there's a balance it's cheap to make so anyone who's trying to step their foot into hard can easily do it and
1: that's fine I, I actually applaud it because you know what out of everyone trying to do that some Pretty damn good horror movies have come out, yes. but then some really shitty ones also. That's so, what I'm mean, saying
0: is that it's not something that you're like it's the best genre or it's the best suited, but it, it's definitely a balance between extremely good films and the worst films in in the world. Like it is, it's absolutely really. like.
1: Um, I mean, it's uh, that is basically the genre in its own. Like you know, some great films and
0: some. Pretty terrible ones. Some absolutely terrible films that will make you want two hours of your life back. <laughs> yes. Is, it's, yes. It's basically, yeah. up but, to you to figure out which ones are yours. You know exactly like. on that one when you're like oh I've never heard of this found footage movie before well you know exactly roll the dice because it could be one of your personal pet favorites where you're like like s Man or Area 407 where you're like or like VHS um, I have friends who hated VHS and I loved it and when I watched VHS 2 in theaters uh, somebody in front of me threw up
1: I feel like VHS 2 is better than VHS yeah
0: yeah it was I know you're absolutely right VHS 2 I'm very fortunate to have seen that at a midnight premiere in Houston, and like I said, the person in front of me threw up. Like, it's a very divisive film, and I like I didn't appreciate it at the time, but it's very much like like all found footage. Like, it's one of the best uh, found footage anthology horror fi- and anthology horror films, and it's it's, it's like awesome. watching creep show. Yeah, it was like watching creep show in theaters. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of those things where. If I was more self-aware, I would have a bigger ego. but it's like if you watch Creepshow Show in theaters and you're like, that was awesome. <laughs> you're like, yeah, <laughs> like it was. <laughs> like you know you're like that was.
1: So should we uh, go into the next one?
0: All right, drum roll, please because uh, for the fifth one, I have Lovecraft exploitation. Lovecraft exploitation um, a portmanteau of my own making but basically Lovecraft exploitation I hope you understood it as being um, Lovecraft without any subtlety just overt Lovecraft themes
1: and like the same movie since since the way you're talking
0: well well for mine I have uh, The Void From Beyond and then Lair of the White World
1: that was my second runner-up,
0: The Void. The Void is amazing. The Void is amazing, but it hits you like a sledgehammer. And if anyone's, uh, uh, if anyone it, wants right. to like, uh, or wants to be like an academic six shooter and meet us at high noon, I understand. Lovecraft is all about the cosmic horror and the unnameable creeping terror of like in- insanity. No, the void like, is straight up squid beasts and like cultists yeah. and hoods surrounding a hospital. I am trying
1: to write a theory on that movie, and like I never could do it justice. It's not I'm like, I can't do this justice. It's too it's too good.
0: It's it's straight up like yeah it, it is definitely a Resident Evil two experience because it's like, you know, you're in like the real world and then so like you're, then you're not and there are monsters and you're like, just go with it. Get the shotgun. Like try to get your hands on the shotgun as fast as possible. Um, from Beyond is is another great
1: Lovecraft uh, great exploitation. From Beyond, yes.
0: Lovecraft exploitation beyond. begins in the best With Lovecraft from- way, which is the guy telling the tale and then being like, "It bit his head off like a gingerbread man," and you're like, "Yes, now we are in Lovecraft territory. We are mm-hmm. we are fucking balls deep in Lovecraft territory." And then, uh, the movie itself is super sexually charged, um, it's, it's got Lovecraftian themes, beasts, mad science, uh, BDSM vibe, so it's very much like Hellraiser, or like Event Horizon to follow, um, and it's got some really just, like, kick-ass scenes with, like, the whole purple, uh, weird monster dimension scenes, you know, like the mad laboratory scenes, those are, those are pretty badass, like, just visually. Visually, like, um... The color out of space really captures it as well. That
1: visually... Well, that's, actually, uh, that's actually my movie.
0: Oh, man, I can't believe I,
1: I, I, I... That's what I said. I think that we picked the same movie. Because, so like, Color Out of Space, like, was the first movie that came to mind. That movie's fantastic. And I'm glad that, um richard family finally got an appropriate shot back at making films yes. like one of the things that really breaks my heart have you ever seen the documentary of uh of the failed movie that like he was the original director for the island dr moreau yes yeah. like a studio that was uncooperative with him and two famous actors who wouldn't work with him either And we're going to. Critical Drinker,
0: a very very, um, a personal favorite uh, YouTube channel of mine. Critical Drinker uh, did a production hell episode on uh, the Island of Doctor Monroe. Man, that that shooting was an absolute mess
1: no it was it was absolutely terrible
0: nightmare
1: like <laughs> had you know Brando refused to learn his lines and showed up to the set like almost 80 pounds overweight Kilmer was going through divorce and drinking and doing drugs and wouldn't fucking listen to him um, like, you know,
0: um, yeah and it's like uh, the, the studio basically had to like um, uh, force everyone to stay on the island but the the crew started like real life going fucking crazy and, like, they would just be drinking and doing drugs, like, all night and, you know, hung over all day. Absolutely a nightmare. I I, would, I wouldn't I would want to make any films if that was my experience as a director either.
1: No, it's, it's that... And he had some great ideas, like, the set designs, the things that, like, you know, showed. So that's why I feel like this is, uh, this is... A, like, I think it's a beautiful movie. I really do. Speaking of Nicolas Cage, like you? I think absolute beautiful movie. It's uh, it's talk about hitting Lovecraft right on the nose. Like you, you know, you. Color Out of Space is definitely hitting Lovecraft right on the nose.
0: I told you, Nicolas Cage is really trying in movies too. I think that that uh, Color Out of Space is a good highlight for him. Um, great performance, and people would always think it's overacting, but actually, the appropriation of being. You know, in a situation that's stressful, I mean, how would you react if you had a bunch of mutated llamas?
1: You know, or this alien color thing in your well that was to your entire family?
0: Yeah, possessing him. It is a possession film as well. That film, it's it's like you know he's being possessed by this entity, this otherworldly like. Um, it's like annihilation, but on the farm. Um, but uh, the other one I have is Layer of the White Worm
1: oh that's a great one
0: too I, I'm very old school <laughs> I like um, of course a lot of British uh, horror films and I feel like even though this isn't a hammer horror film it is uh, closest to it and it's it's rewarding because those films are kind of like out of date um, in, in a way that when you watch them it's like a uh, it's like a you know, they're different. They're 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 old school. This one at least has a lot going for it in terms of humor, in terms of set design. Like uh, the the plot is very Lovecraftian, old school Lovecraft plot, um, with the ancient cults and the ancient evil and the ancient cave. You know, like the everything evil is underground in the Lovecraft universe. It's very much like a if for a true Lovecraft fan. And, um, I'm gonna be honest, one of the sexiest, um, villainesses of all time. Absolutely hands down. Um, if if you want to really, you know, fall in love while watching a movie, watch Lair of the White Worm.
1: It is a a classic, uh, it's 80s, right?
0: Oh, yes. Um, and it's got Hugh Grant. It's got a very young Hugh Grant.
1: Yeah, the effects were good, like, you know, Vampires, she was sexy, like, you almost would let her bite your neck.
0: No, she she definitely steals the movie. That's what I'm saying, like, it, if you want to watch, like, a femme fatale and see how it's done right, watch Lair of the White Worm. If you want to watch a movie for that retro, vintage, but without, she's not a bimbo, she's definitely, you're your a vampirist, you're right, you're Vampirella a lot of scenes with big contact lenses and, like, um, plastic fangs. You know, and definitely, it's one of those, because if you yeah. watching movie from, like, the yeah. 70s or the 80s, you know, it's slow. No, this has a lot going for it. You can definitely, you know, um, feel rewarded for the experience. And I definitely would, would recommend it as a Lovecraft exploitation film done right.
1: Yeah, it was very, it layered like white, where of the white worm made, made it like almost an art form. A love craft team film, an art form. It's a so, Yep, it, so, uh, it's a good one.
0: It's it's absolutely a golden oldie.
1: Um, should we go into my list now? Yes, let's do it. Let's jump uh, on, uh, to the BH Pumpkin Claws five
0: subgenre list.
1: My first is a uh, deformed birth monsters, and uh, I guess I had to go with uh, the classic, like almost the original basket case. That's a good uh, one. Eighties, like you know, campy horror with cheesy effects, like to its core. That's gratuitous sex scenes, like you know, uncomfortable, like gritty, like background that looks cheap, almost like a porno film. It was good. I think it's like
0: um It's very much like a, an 80s teen movie. Like, you're a risky business. You're, um... You know, like... It's its one of those movies where it's like... A teen or a young man... And like... You know, going on an adventure. Like, you're back to the future and everything. But his buddy, instead of being Doc... Or instead of being, like, a guy named Booger... Is a... Mu- mutated... <laughs> brother
1: who lives in a basket. Yeah. Yeah. basically like like almost like this like rubber like you know and it was this like rubber obviously a puppet like the eyes couldn't even move but it was great. It was it was like he had a he had like a tumor that could eat and talk like you know basically removed from him and he kept it alive in his basket and but it was psychopathic and like would kill like it was just random women he would bring home and like go out and kill people. It was, it was crazy. It's a crazy. It's one of those crazy eighty movies you would. Like I feel like if I was a horror fan in the eighties, I would definitely, I would love to go see that with the airs
0: No, you're absolutely right. It's like, um, it's it's a big slice of the eighties, and they, like everything from the clothes they're wearing to like the context that they're in, and also just the pacing, the music, the 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 scenes. The way that everything's set up, it's very, it's very much like, um, just, it's a classic example of the genre, which is itself pretty illustrious. I looked it up, and doing research on it, I mean, there are so many good, deformed childbirth movies, um, It's Alive, to even, like, a funnier one, Hell Baby. Hell Baby is hilarious. I don't know if you've ever Mm -hmm. seen it. No, I haven't ever seen Albany. Really. It's got uh, Key from Key & Peel in it. It's It's got Key in it, the taller one. And um, it's got a star-studded cast, actually. Uh, people from Reno 911. Um, from Reno 911, yeah. The, the lead star is the guy from Clown Hospital. Um, he's also done uh, Rob Riggle. Not Rob Riggle. Um... Let me look it up right now. I got my computer in front of me. Look at... The Hell Baby cast. Oh, no. Hell Baby is hilarious. But the, uh... The... The... I mean, it's not just the cast. It's the actual jokes. They work. Everything... Everything lands. Um... It's set in Louisiana. In New Orleans. So, like... Yeah. (laughs) Hell Baby 2013. It's a classic. Um...
1: Uh, no, I'm check. Yeah, Ronald yeah, Rob from Keenan Peel. No, no, Keenan from Keenan Peel, right? Got yeah. the cast right here. Oh,
0: there you go. Hell, hell, baby, 2013 IMDb. Yep, and, and, and that's not even my choice, but that's a good one. And um, the the choice I actually had picked was a Masters of Horror movie. Um, for a um, Serious take on the genre like a, like a horror take on it And that is uh, Pro-life
1: Oh that's a good one
0: No yeah uh, No yeah And uh, the answer the question On the Hell Baby, Yeah it's Keegan Michael Key Yeah
1: Keegan Michael Key That's
0: it Yeah Key from Key and Peele uh, Is, is uh, a Cajun neighbor Who's constantly like Breaking into their home And like violating Their personal space And he has no sense Of privacy but he's like exposition, you know. Like he's that classic guy from like, um, you know, um, um, Pet Cemetery. You know, he's like, it's,
1: Ron, it's Ron Perlman, right? Who plays that part? Oh
0: yeah, Pro-Life, yeah. Sure. in yeah, Pro Life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ron Perlman's in it. Yeah, and Pro Life is a great uh, short mm-hmm. film. We did the Masters of Horror series already, so I felt like it's pretty appropriate. Uh, they kind of um, point out that. It has a childbirth movie in the Masters of Horror series. Uh, John Carpenter film is, is the one who made it. He's the one who filmed it. Uh, the director of it. Um, we've got Ron Perlman as the father who is trying to abort his estranged daughter's uh, baby uh, because it is a demon. And it is a hellspawn. And with his son, they take over this abortion
1: clinic. And, you know, um. To them give their daughter an abortion.
0: Well, yeah, which eventually the devil does show up. And it I, it's sure. like, it's, it's one of those incredible short films that so many things happen within an hour. You kind of forget that it's only an hour long. And, you know, it is absolutely where you're just like watching it and you're like, um. is is one of the better entries when you're watching it you realize it's one of the better it it should have been a fucking movie it should have been a full length movie
1: yeah it didn't get the backing for a full movie so it got like a B kind of like (laughs) treatment but that doesn't diminish like what it's become Mm -hmm. like a good story like can even make up for the fault of the producer so I feel like pro-life you know Maybe they could remake it properly, but you know that's still one compared to this one.
0: It's still it, it's a great effort. It's a great effort and a great story. And um, the childbirth genre itself, from Rosemary's Baby, you know onward, um, you know it's it's like the it's yes it's the same story kind of always being told, but um, you know it's a good story. What what subject brings more dread to the average person than childbirth? you know
1: yeah yeah I, I I actually I actually do know that it, it gives me the It gives me
0: just like a weird feeling honestly just as a man and as someone who's already at the age where uh, you know we should I should be having children you know whatever I get the opportunity to have you know to get that family and and everything and so I'm thinking about it more and more and I'm like there are already people I know with like two or three kids you know and and I'm like that that really starts putting things in perspective and then you include monstrous births what if I have a devil baby <laughs> what if I have a hell baby
1: <laughs> well that's what the whole parable is in the movie like you know uh, being afraid of parenthood and like the demon that's a weak, a weaker child
0: like it's alive
1: <laughs> from?
0: yeah like it's oh man oh, uh, honorable mention the fly <laughs>
1: Oh, my God, that's a beautiful movie.
0: With the the scene of the maggot birth? In The Fly? Yeah. Just just as a scene. Not that The Fly is a monstrous birth movie. um, But in many ways, it is. Yeah. But uh, there is a scene in The Fly where it's that nightmare scene where she has the maggot baby.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like a deformed, like, you know, birth monster. Exactly.
0: Exactly that. That's a that's probably one of the scarier scenes in that film. You know, just to kind of highlight.
1: You know, Actually, the, I heard that they weren't even going to show. They didn't even show that to Gina Davis. It was just supposed to be like a birth scene or an abortion scene or something. I don't know. And like they popped it out. You know, that was David Cronenberg. Like you know, uh, as the doctor. <laughs>
0: yeah, I didn't know it, but you know, I'm not surprised. Yeah. They had to call him. He wasn't even involved in this movie scene. He was just like, hey, David, you're going to want to be here. And he's all like, I'm on my way. Like Mm -hmm. Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction. He's like, that's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 15.
1: (laughs) So let's go into the next one. uh, Cute Killer Animals.
0: Cute Killer Um, Animals. Number two.
1: All right. I did Night of the Lepus. It's so... Like, it's such a cheesy, poorly put-together, like, uh, car movie. But it's older, so it's, like, about a small little town that gets run over by giant killer rabbits. But in this sense, they do miniatures, so the killer rabbits are, like, you know, are actual rabbits. And they give them food, and, like, they're just making their normal faces, but they... Like put in the background, like over with music and sound of like snarling. So you're supposed to think these rabbits are snarling, even though there's nothing signifying that. And then they have like them attacking. It's it's really funny. It's a it's a great it's a great movie. It's a great very movie. It
0: is absolutely a cult classic. Yeah. You. It, it, it's like it typical must Science fiction you. horror. Yeah, a lot of these cult classics have to really be seen to be appreciated. If you like mystery science theater, if you like Rift Tracks, uh, check out the Rift Tracks version of Night of the Lepus. They've already done one. I know that for a fact.
1: Without the Night of the Lepus. I had no idea. I got to watch that. That's Dad. what I'm saying. If
0: you like those kinds of movies, you are in the you are in the uh, mindset to appreciate something that's so bad it's good. Mm-hmm. It really is and it's like um that's what I'm like yeah, it, it's like it's just I mean, it's one of those what were they thinking? But then when you watch it you're like they gave like a hundred and ten percent like you said, their special effects and the fact that they were like you know, they had to know that it was a ridiculous premise. But they they Of course it did. <laughs> so they had to know. They you watch it and you're like, Rabbits Rabbits, giant <laughs> <Nine laughs> rabbits, and you're like, all oh, right, exactly. And then you, they made a full, serious film about it, and you're like, that's drive through, that is absolutely drive through um, spirit. If you like, if you like horror, and you like the lighter side of it, the the Joe Bob Briggs side of it, you know, the the popcorn side of it, <clears throat> um, you know, you like stale popcorn. That's like. Um, you know that's the the mood you gotta be in but man it is definitely a must see for that if you if you you like that this is a must see in that in that territory
1: so it's so cheesy it's good i definitely check it out
0: um I, I got a few on my list even though this genre um isn't necessarily um very well talked about I had a hard time trying to find research so I had to just resort to memory I uh, hope it qualifies. Uh, you tell me what you think. Uh, I got black sheep. Um, I got happy tree friends, mm-hmm. and I got monkey shines.
1: Monkey shine is great.
0: I, I I like monkey shine. I don't know if they're cute. I don't know if a monkey's cute or not. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know if this is a one of those um, one of those spectrum moments of mine. Like if I don't know if a sheep is cute, but black sheep is a kind of. It's a movie about killer zombie sheep. Yeah, <laughs> and it is good. It is it is like Night of the Lepus, a movie about an animal that is not normally dangerous, but given um, a series of very unfortunate events, <laughs> a series of very unfortunate events, the sheep become man-eating, and yes. because they outnumber people and by like a magnitude of a thousand to one. Like, it becomes a quickly, like, devolving situation. But it also includes were-sheep. Where the sheep begin to evolve into humanoid sheepmen. Like, yeah, like, beasts. It's right a here. very strange movie. It's a very... It's, it's a black comedy, for sure. Um, exactly. The where sheep element. It's not just sheep. It It is not special effects poor. It's not low-budget. It's... It, it's actually a pretty visually impressive film. And so the sheep are not cute at the end of it. They're very terrifying. Um, Happy Tree Friends, cute killer animals, I don't know what, what is better than Happy Tree Friends in that definition. They're intentionally cutified children's... That's it? Yeah, children's characters that murder each other or have a misadventure or basically like... In- Stories that are super gory and uh, hyper violent. Uh, if y- it, you know, it's intentionally humorous. If you like wonder shows in, if you like um, disturbing children's fiction, like like you know that, um, or it's adult fiction, but it's you know definitely satirical to to the children's genre. Yeah, of course. Um, but Monkey Shines is the most traditional of the films, or it's an old school take on an unconventional, like uh, nature horror, I guess, uh, enemy, in this case, a paraplegic. On,
1: uh, it's based on a King story. Yep,
0: yep. It's,
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's um, Night Shift, I think.
0: It's a helper monkey. I don't know yeah. if people even remember what these are or know what they are people back in the day used to buy helper monkeys and they yeah. were like um assistance animals like um, service animals like a, like a seeing eye dog yeah and uh these helper monkeys were little rhesus monkeys or little um i think they're little macaques and they were
1: trained I they were, for i thought they were capuchins that's capuchins. what i thought yes yeah capuchins
0: they're like little, little like classic monkeys, right? Like little weird little like you know, not the big chimpanzees, but like you know, little monkeys that could, like live in your house and they would do things like grab stuff for you if you were like paralyzed. And this movie is about a man who is paralyzed. Oh, and they put a computer chip in its brain, <laughs> right? Is that is that like an element of Monkey Shines? Yeah, that's they, oh, basically. Yeah, and they put a computer chip in the monkey's brain to make it smarter, but it makes it evil.
1: It, it kind of flips him It flips his switch And he becomes like You know uh, Malvolent And like starts attacking the guy And since he's a paraplegic He can't You know he What's, what's to he do. gonna do what's, what's he gonna do Yeah hey. but this guy Definitely battles him And like you know He
0: It's a very strange movie But it does have a monkey With a razor blade mm-hmm. And monkey shines it's like, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say It's even Good but it is a monkey a movie, I believe, qualifies for it's,
1: so, it's a self-aware. Yeah.
0: killer animal, and it's really more how we feel about campuchan monkeys. I personally,
1: am hey, not my, a wife with you. my wife would think they're cute. Exactly, I
0: personally would think
1: my that wife, they're wife would think a giant rat movie would be cute too. So,
0: <laughs> oh, look at the rat! He's like, oh, look at. You.
1: Yeah, think thinks they're cute.
0: Rat girls. No, that's the thing. I went to college with a couple of rat girls. Um, I, know, uh, I know it, I know it intimately. No, I'm saying like, I know it intimately when you're like, they're like, let's just lay you in the bed with the rat, and you're like, it's crawling uh, on me. <laughs> you're like, it's
1: not I like... Able, I wouldn't <laughs> be able to do that. I'd be like, I'll see you later. And, and the, then I'd probably report her for having a rat
0: room. Oh. I am very... <laughs> I, I, I would have preferred, like, a snake... But there are rat girls. Exactly. Like I would have preferred her to have like an animal that was like a little bit more macho and cool. But um, what can you do? Sometimes people like snakes. Sometimes they like rats. And it's just like it's in yeah. the same ballpark of like um, uh, you, you know creepy significant others. <laughs> creepy, creepy significant. I don't know. I, I don't mind it. I think all animals are awesome. I, I think all animals have a you know we're all important we're all we're all special in the, the whole world right like exactly, everyone is a creature that this is this is the this is absolutely the indica talking where I'm like let me tell you about animals I love animals let me tell you about trees I gotta really, love animals
1: really,
0: uh, very high <laughs> trees count trees are
1: we're going to the next one uh, possessed killer toys possessed
0: killer toys uh, for this one, I I kind of went a little bit um, rogue, and I'm gonna include um, um, two movies that are not about toys, but about robots that should be friendly. And uh, the first one, conventionally, Puppet Master. You know, I just gotta say that everyone knows Puppet Master. Toys <coughs> are evil. And that's underhand. That's not, I'm a sportsman. I'm not gonna say that's my final answer chopping mall was was another contender.
1: That's very very good.
0: But are they toys? No, they're security robots, right? Yeah, so they're supposed to be okay. friendly but they're still supposed to be a little like you know, um, you know yeah. uh, uh, violent. So what is the kind of mixture of the two between rogue killer toys um, and, and robots like that are super powerful for some reason like made overly, made overkill like they're guarding a mall with fucking lasers and, like, chainsaw hands and shit. Um, oh, okay. A movie by Wes Craven called Deadly Friend. Oh, okay. Deadly Friend is about a... Um, well, spoilers. Um, a android that tries to act like a girl to get in close with um, a boy. And then when she's made... She goes on a killer rampage and it has a scene where this robot girl, this robot who looks like a teenage girl but acts like the Terminator grabs a basketball and throws it and makes a woman's head explode.
1: Yeah it was very uh, it was very over the top for uh, Le like Raven.
0: Was Raven like, yeah had made it I guess before he made Nightmare on Elm Street. But then when yeah. they released it later, because they released it after Nightmare on Elm Street, they tried to re-edit it to make it appear like Nightmare on Elm Street?
1: And because, of course, they wanted uh, to kind of Cashin, make money. popular mm-hmm. the, the
0: aesthetic and the visuals. So apparently the edit is really weird. But I think that in terms of Possessed Killer toys... Um, that is that is an alternative take on it and and um for anyone who hasn't seen Deadly Friend uh do yourself a favor and see probably Wes Craven's greatest B-side Deadly
1: Friend so alright next one oh mine yeah you, you got so, yours man that was Diva me too geez uh, Silent Night Deadly Night 5 uh The Maker. Uh, and, uh, I wish they would remake this Yeah I wish they would remake it And the funny thing is that um, Mickey Rooney's in it i sure it's Mickey Rooney Yeah, Mickey Rooney's in it And the fact that mickey Ro- It's funny Mickey Rooney's in it Is because He called the first one Like an abhorrent piece of work And like You know, basically said it was like The worst thing he's ever seen And now he's like In the fifth one And it, 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 it's like <laughs> Like, yeah, that's why it's it's great. And I I like (laughs) I like some
0: bumble pie. Yeah. His gambling problem apparently was was out of control and he decided to to crawl back to a film (laughs) brand. He
1: He probably he probably must have been thinking that when he got back on CS set and he was like, Oh, this is what this is what karma looks like.
0: Mickey Rooney was haunted by his own demons at the end of his life. Uh, that's that's um a good choice, though. That's a very rare B-side franchise.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's very uh, it's very obscure and it's like kind of it's it's even yeah, like, but like you know it is it is B-side franchise like you know. I like it because you know what I even think I, I think he's one of the more superior ones out of the series I, mean, I really do
0: I honestly thought you were going to go Annabelle or Chucky I thought you were going <laughs> to go child's play. Obvious. and I actually
1: didn't like the first Annabelle I liked the second Annabelle the best I thought that was a very well put together movie.
0: What do you think of the uh, Child's Play series? I remember we talked about it a little bit later. Uh, What do you think is your favorite one? I like A Bride of Chucky. Mine
1: is Part Two. Part Two? Yes. Part Two, yeah. Without a question. To me, that's awesome. Like, you know, I love where he. He, like, finally gets Andy at the end, but he's been in the body too long. And then his arm gets cut off, and he just stabs a knife in it, his bottom half goes missing, they blow his face up, it's just, it's, hits it, every hard trope on the nose, and I think it's just, like, awesome. So I, I think it's more weird, like,
0: no, no, you're huh? right, two is, two is definitely, like, Chucky's like Terminator in many ways. Like the extent of violence that's enacted in the Chucky movies against Chucky, it's very much like Terminator at the end of Terminator One. Yeah, where he's just like he's been burned, he's been shot, he's been stabbed, he's been ran over by a Mack truck, and he's still crawling after you.
1: Yeah, and then he's still like you know kind of fixing himself up and going all right, and like bleeding and going let's do this.
0: That and the voice acting. And, and the the. Uh, oh, Brad
1: Dorff is 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 great. Yep. He's including everything. Yeah, he's an awesome actor. Exactly. Like,
0: it's one of the uh, uh, consistently good performances. Uh, up up there with uh, Robert England as uh, Freddy Krueger.
1: Yes, yeah. Well, it's iconic. Yes. And Brad Dwarf as, like, you know, uh, as um, Doug. Doug. Uh, shoot, I'm sorry. No, uh, no,
0: no, don't worry about it, but mad respect uh, for going with the B-sides there, for yeah. the uh, Possessed Killer Toys, because that, that's why I went with Puppet Master, because I was like, everyone knows about Puppet Master, there's like seven Puppet Master movies,
1: I uh, think there's even more than that, man, I think there's like 12 or 13 Puppet Master movies,
0: damn, that's what I'm saying, like, there is a, there's a lot of those, like, like yeah, one would say the most popular killer toy franchise it has to be puppet
1: master well,
0: and of course. there's like devil mm-hmm. man and or there's like doll man versus like
1: demonic toys doll maker, doll, doll maker versus demonic toys and then there's like the doll maker Dollmaker. doll maker demonic toys 2 apparently is really kind of terrifying
0: yeah I hear. I, I, those are good choices that's i say those are those are very popular choices right. um um Puppet Master, though I think is, it has a significant place in my heart because it was one of the first movies I watched when I was so young. I didn't know really what I was watching, and had no frame of reference to what I was seeing. And I clearly remember scenes in Puppet Master that were like, you know, the 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 drill robot or like the leech woman mm-hmm. thing. It, that's why I said like you know, the, iconic I I
1: characters.
0: Yeah, iconic characters. The guy with, like, yeah. the, the gun, the hook.
1: In, like, yeah, yeah, the three-armed guy, the guy whose face turns, a uh, leech woman, a yeah. pinhead, like, you know, the fire guy. Yeah.
0: As as far as the possessed killer toy genre goes, um, it's, it's really about the toy, right? It's really about mm-hmm. the killer toy itself, like Annabelle or Tucky or the Puppet Master crew. It's about the the little toys themselves, like, as killer toys. I think you can't go wrong with Puppet Head. Exa- Puppet Master, if you have never watched a killer toy movie before, go Puppet Master. And <coughs> try to watch the first ones. Before they became, like, anti-Nazi, World War II history pieces.
1: and It really did get into the Nazi, like, uh area of uh, of the story plot
0: because it's like a Jewish guy yeah. who was like the puppet guy and he was like a, a, a black magician or whatever and like they, they're they out for revenge like they're good guys like the puppet master dolls are good
1: yeah, yeah like they the only thing, kill bad like, people zombie I, I did it didn't make sense well because
0: that's it like the puppet master uh, the first one is like because uh, I didn't have any frame reference you know obviously but I've seen it as an adult they're all bad people They're like sleazy people Who are living in like this mansion To get money from like a will So it's your classic Like you gotta stay in a haunted house For a day or a night And then that night They're all killed separately By these puppets That like Like you said Their they're, they're puppets are not evil They're kind of like Avenging spirits
1: Well aren't they conduits Of like a single guy yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like they're they're the uh, tools of justice, and like they yeah. they may be like good demons of anything. Like you think about them, like the good monsters, like um, you know, like a. Uh, uh, there is a subgenre for that as well, where you're like, oh, even the monster at the end of it was just eating the bad or is killing the bad people. Like you know, all these people were were the, the terrible you know spoiled and, and corrupt people in the movie
1: like the
0: reaping yeah yeah exactly um yeah, the yeah it's it's a it's a good movie i guess it's a it, good franchise it deserves um mm-hmm. uh, it, it the 12 sequels i got but it's it's definitely worth watching the first one that spawned the 12 so yeah let's yeah, uh, jump, let's jump so, down the list um
1: children targeted par so uh I don't know. We kind of wanted to maybe go into a zone that people may ignore, and but I try to appreciate now and then, like you know, so did the G-rated like car, and uh, I chose, uh, and I hope this isn't too obvious. I chose Coraline.
0: Coraline. Okay, so I was gonna say, did you mean children that uh, movies that were children's movies, but they were horror or horror movies? With children as the main,
1: uh, focus. no, I mean, I meant children uh, horror movies directed towards children, okay. like person.
0: I get, I get you. Okay, so this is this is gonna be a fun little back and forth because um, I chose movies that uh, both have kids as like the main thing, and that I would feel comfortable showing children as, like, absolutely. children's yeah, first yeah. horror movie. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely...
1: Exactly. Okay, I, 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 I agree with that. Yes. I would
0: show Caroline. I watched Caroline in theaters, 3D glasses and everything, and I remember going... to oh, really scared
1: me? me, and I'm an adult. Like, I, I feel like it's a, it's, a, it's a frightening movie. It's, un, it's meant to frighten me. I, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: I went just because I liked um, Tim Burton. I liked that aesthetic. You know, I like I like the kind of uh, claymation, you know, I like that, that kind of, uh, I think it was Pixar who did it. Like, I like Nine, you know, um, uh, Corpse Bride, things like that.
1: I've never seen that. I think I'm watching that tonight because I've never seen that. Nine? No, no, not Nine. I've seen that. Uh, I've never seen uh, Corpse Bride.
0: Corpse Bride is good. I was like, Corpse Bride isn't bad. It's not too shabby. It,
1: yeah, it's, I wanted to put that as my as my choice but I was like yeah I can't even do that because I've never seen it.
0: Um, I actually have uh on my list um movies that I feel comfortable like yeah like uh showing um children and I would think that Coraline is actually um no, a perfect primer and introdu- a dru- introduction into the horror genre for children.
1: Yes. Uh, yes. Exactly.
0: Um, so that that's actually uh, perfect. No, it's perfect uh, in line with what I was gonna say. I have uh, Cooties. Oh, good. Cooties is a zombie a, movie about children who become basically zombies, and yeah. um, there need I say more? It, it is a it is a zombie movie where the children are zombies, and while. It's still traditional.
1: It's, it's a good Traditional zombie movie It's very Over the top But it takes Itself seriously mm-hmm. Which like, gives it Charm And yeah You know what I would definitely Let like a Nine year old Watch this Yeah
0: Exactly That's something That if you're If you're Afraid of a movie Being too uh, Like a zombie movie Being too disturbing Where you're like I don't want my A child to watch Like Walking Dead Even though that's Very tame Because there are Some things that are Very disturbing Like um, the implications of like you know the the severe amount of depravity and violence and everything like you don 't want to explain controversial issues, but you still want a child to like enjoy a, a zombie movie with you cooties it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's it 's tongue in cheek it 's a fun little time and and uh, I think a child would be able to feel safer and recognize you know the children in the movie. You know, well they. I think it would
1: be very, uh, it would be very comforting for a child to watch that because, like, like it, they're no danger to other children, so they're just danger to to adult. <laughs> it's almost like demonstrating Lord of the Flies for children right in front of them.
0: Although I will say though that my, is uh, my experience with the uh, children is. More than that of the average bachelor, but less than that of the of any uh, parent, that the um, the children I've actually known love Walking Dead. They love, love that show. I know I said that I was I was kind of like, work because that's from real life experience where I was like, I don't know if you guys should be watching Walking Dead, and no kids love Walking Dead, which is weird to me. It's, it's very strange to me.
1: The, well, that could be interesting, a whole new genre, a whole new crop of horror fans. No,
0: exactly, but I think it's uh I think it's perfect because when you actually watch Walking Dead it's not um it's not um it's not you know it's family friendly in a weird way. Mm-hmm. you know i it's not like controversial it's very much like you're like okay I guess you know like, like
1: the storyline is very simple is very I don't want to say simplistic tone uh tone and tone that like you know it doesn't go over across any real boundaries I guess in people's minds like some of the people do bad things but they never do like cross the line things
0: no you're absolutely yeah yeah It mm-hmm. it is actually kind of made for uh um uh, a it's, it's made for a mainstream audience so it's very good for them to kind of start both watching serious dramas serious like art forms as well as it's not like for horror movies which can be sometimes intimidating for children like it's it's very subtle mm-hmm. like the scariest thing you're gonna see in a Walking Dead episode many times is just a zombie like one zombie <laughs>
1: going, through, going through a zombie's head
0: yeah. or something like that like somebody yeah. like, like the classic you know like crawler or something with like their guts out and that's Mm -hmm. a a good starter you know and that's after 45 minutes of hearing people talk (laughs) Um, a good a good um, children's thing I also have put here um, Z Nation
1: yeah I heard that's pretty disturbing though too Um,
0: in my experience because I actually like the show a lot it's a solid semi-comedy but zombie cliches show I don't know how to really to mm-hmm. explain it It's like if you got uh, TV tropes Like the website TV tropes And you clicked zombie And looked at every single Cliche or trope they have And made a show about those tropes With those in each episode being like The sensual the, the thing Like you got Every different kind of zombie Every different kind of zombie apocalypse Scenario you got every different kind of uh, character that you could find in the zombie crew um, at one point represented. You got um, you know, everything is paint by numbers, but it's done in such a way that it's really good. Like it's, it's not uh, at any point uh, dra- it doesn't drag. It, it doesn't become, you know, uh, uh, pretentious or preachy. It's just a solid... Walking Dead? Huh? You're talking about Walking Dead? No, I'm talking about uh, Z Nation. Z Nation, that's
1: right, Z Nation.
0: Z Nation, oh. and it's like a... It's a knockoff of Walking Dead. It's a knockoff
1: of all the... And it knows it. But it's like... It's satirical, though, right?
0: Yeah, it's like a zombie thing made for zombie fans, and it's it's tone... Is for a younger audience. Its tone is for a less serious audience. It's absolutely the best. It's one of the best things to watch while really high, if you want to binge a zombie show, because you can kind of be like, "Ha, that's that's that, and that's this cliche, and this is this," and you know, you kind of point it out, but at the same time, also enjoying yourself because it's done by people who love the genre. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's definitely a passion play. It's from the sci-fi channel, and it's, like, the last great thing the sci-fi channel really did.
1: Well, good for... uh, You know what? I'm going to check that out now. Because I didn't... I kind of fell off of The Walking Dead, but I feel like Z Nation might be a good, uh... Good.
0: It's made for... It's made for a lighter-hearted experience. So, that's I think it's made for a teenage crew... Like, a teenage audience. I think it's made for, like, middle schoolers, you know? I think it's made for high schoolers who... Who want to just have a good time and, and enjoy a really um, you know uh, a labor of love yeah so I have it for my children targeted horror
1: oh, so Z Nation is your choice right
0: yeah Z Nation and that, that's a show
1: yep cool alright so let's go into my next one uh, Rubber Suit Monsters
0: Rubber Suit Monsters very interested in hearing your choice Um, but let me go first to kind of uh, save the last last word for you Um, uh, so my choices were practical effects monster movies Uh, Pumpkinhead for the classic okay people don't watch enough Pumpkinhead Pumpkinhead's a great
1: film Uh, the classic horror film even the second one I really liked the second one had Bill Clinton's brother in it really yeah Bill Clinton's brother Bill Clinton's brother Is in Pumpkinhead 2 Bloodlinks
0: That is fucking crazy
1: I'm telling you <laughs> That's yeah.
0: crazy hey, Yeah that, that is a small world Right there That is a small world oh, man Yeah Pumpkinhead's A great franchise Especially if you live Like in the country Or from the south Or mm-hmm. the west Where it's like One of those um, Like hillbilly Exploitation films yeah, it's all like... You know them gypsy, Cajun, whatever is that live in like... I think it's like <laughs> Napa Valley. It's like some farm where like... Exactly. It's like some dust, dusty farm where this kid gets accidentally maimed by a, a dirt biker. And yeah, it's it goes into this like really crazy monster movie in a cabin in the woods. And it's, it's absolutely your rubber monster suit monster. Especially the practical effects of it. Like in the rain... And it's just this man on stilts in a suit, but it looks so real.
1: The way that because that was uh, it was designed by um, uh, what special. Uh, I forgot the special effects artists, It's it's not in my mind right now. Anyway, uh, it's designed by it's it's got great design for special effects, and it's a perfect like you know golem like. You know, depending on, I'm sorry to do your dirty work for you, but you will be punished for it, type of a genre. And, uh,
0: and the other two I have for practical effects alone. Uh, if you want to watch good practical effects in the modern era, Harbinger Down.
1: Harbinger Down is great. It's got Lance Hendrickson in it.
0: Yes, it does. Harbinger Down is a fan movie. It was made by a Kickstarter campaign because people oh, love like practical like Jane- effects.
1: Kinda of like the thing in uh, on a boat in the middle of like, you know, the are they are kind like
0: an unofficial sequel, which is like uh what we've been talking about a lot, is that things can connect to other things because the intellectual properties allow it. Like Hard Down is very much like a sequel to the thing.
1: That's uh that's a good point. Yeah, I've thought about that, too. And it's got Lance Hendrickson. You can't go bad with Lance Hendrickson. Nope.
0: And the third one, to to round everything out, is a movie I highly recommend um, to not only yourself but everyone listening, The Super Deep.
1: Oh, I was actually just about to watch that yesterday, and I got uh, uh, distracted. That's on Shudder. Like, uh, about that company that goes super deep into the center of the Earth, and, like, but basically they just open up a portal to hell, right?
0: Um, it's, it's, okay, so, not hell, but it ties into Last of Us, conveniently enough, once again, where their super deep borehole goes into a volcanic cavern, and this volcanic cavern, and it, the the hole is real. The hole was really dug by the United, uh, the the USSR, uh-huh. and uh, during the Cold War. And this is a, a you know a take on what it is. It's kind of like a it's not a found footage horror movie, but it's based on a real story, uh, type horror film. And um, they go down to this hole, and they have uncovered a uh, life form, a fungus. A highly parasitic fungus that exists in this, uh, it's an extremophile, you know, ex- exists in this extremely hostile environment, and it's like a silicon-based life form, uh, but it's able to kind of, like, take over and use people's biomass to, like, you know, um, extend its cosmic horror and kind of, like, give itself, you know, a, a monstrous vehicle to... Because you're dealing with, like, a one-celled thing, right? Like a parasitic, like, fungus. Mm-hmm. And it's able to kind of, like, mutate and create, like, monsters out of the people it it kind of starts, um, not eating, but, you know, like, like, um, acquiring, or, like, take,
1: you know... over their body and their form.
0: Yep, and, like, uh, it has a mm-hmm. great scene at the end of it where there's, like, this amalgamation... Um, if you've ever watched the movie Zygote or the, the short film Zygote from Oat Studio no I don't
1: think I've ever seen that
0: it, this is a very much in the line of um, modern modern day um, like, like the, the latest and greatest of special effects like to actually watch the film and to know it's a practical effect is very impressive and um, if if you want a third party uh, vouch for it, Mister H reviews uh, from YouTube gave a very good uh, review to the film. Uh, That's right,
1: Zygote, the uh, those near the long Camp short film.
0: Yeah, it's very much. It was inspired. The director even even openly talked about how they were inspired by Zygote, and um,
1: it is okay. a okay. It's, um, <laughs> I'm gonna watch that I'm gonna watch that too. It's on my it's on my watch list on Shutter and like I honestly like sat down to watch it, but ten other things happened at the same time. Definitely
0: worth it. Definitely a definitely a two hours that you will not regret because Superdeep is uh, part of this new wave of Russian cinema that is good. It's good, independent, lo fi, sci fi horror, um good special effects good practical effects Um, strangely enough I think that some of the best movies coming out today are coming from Russia
1: yes uh, they are like uh, some of the well I think Possessor was a Russian film Actually, I think of it, it was at least a European film. Like, Europe really is coming out with some of the best, like, indie, uh, international horror movies.
0: I, I would have to agree. I would have to agree well, that the, the European, um, horror, uh, uh, age is definitely in full, full, like, throttle right now. But yeah, my, without further ado, um...
1: So, mine is, uh, Bad Taste,
0: Bad taste is awesome.
1: Yeah, Peter, Peter for anyone that doesn't know bad taste, like, uh, Mm -hmm. Peter Jackson used to do some great low budget, like Meet the Feebles, which is basically like a porno puppet show. Yeah, Peter Peter Jackson
0: used to, it was pretty um, uh, balls to the wall edgy. Um, uh, Brain dead. Didn't Peter Jackson make great
1: yeah, head? Or evil, uh, um, Dead Alive in America. And that movie
0: is is legendary for its lawnmower scene, but Bad Taste is legendary for, um, an alien shooting a rocket into a cow. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Bad Taste so, has it, to be seen to be believed. It's basically about this weird group of alien race that comes down to hunt us for their fast food chain. And, like, they're attacking a group of, like, it's, like, basically last survivors, and millions are in cheesy suits and, like, you know, holding, obviously, fake toy guns. Um, It was made on, like, Uh, $25,000. It's it's one of the earlier, like, New Zealand sci-fi comedy movies. It's It's great.
0: I would say it's not a movie you watch to be impressed with I mean obviously it's cheesy obviously it looks like it was made by like a high, you know like an amateur and yep. but it's like
1: um but the it, thing it was made by an amateur it was made by an amateur who went on to like film some of the greatest trilogies and like that's what I love about Peter Jackson too like he did Frighteners was like really when he started like skyrocketing but like do so you ever see King Kong Is King Kong yeah yeah, and
0: that like was, a like, the, the biggest right. movie in 2005. Yeah. That and was, that was, was the, like, the, the biggest was, budget, the biggest production. Like, that that was, like, before uh, Avatar, that was, like, the the movie everyone thought was, like, going to be, like, the... Like, you spend $300 million to make a movie type thing, you
1: know what I'm they saying? thought it was going to be the next Titanic. That's what they yeah. thought it was going to be. Yeah. You're right.
0: No, you're absolutely right. They thought it was going to be... Like old school Hollywood, you know, like old like the like the first King Kong. They thought it was gonna be like that. And in many ways it was. In many ways. It's a solid film. I would Just, think uh, one of the was, best dinosaur films of all time.
1: Yeah, the, that scene where uh King Kong is battling the T Rex is awesome. Where he snaps his mouth open. The bugs? The the insect valley. Or when he eat uh Oh, yeah, the the Mugs and the insects. See, I get it mixed up with the other Kong movie, too, sometimes.
0: I think they actually, um, I think Peter Jackson's Kong is better than the 2017 Kong. I have said that on record many times.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, it is better because Peter Jackson's Kong is, like, a masterpiece. Yep. Like, I wouldn't call Kong Skull Island, like, a masterpiece. I call it, like, an action movie. Like, something I enjoy on, like, you know, day off on. Like, you know, it's kind of like uh, Peter Jackson's Kong. is like, almost like Forrest Gump. Like, you're going to sit down and watch, like, a film. The, like, you not know, make phone calls or text messages or shit like that.
0: But but the total opposite end of the spectrum uh, for, for Bad Taste, though, because while Peter Jackson would eventually begin to make or go on to make movies like The Hobbit and movies like Kong, uh King Kong or movies like uh, Lord of the Rings and really be considered to be like the greatest director for like ten years um you know a solid a solid ten to fifteen years, people really have a lot of confidence still in Peter Jackson,
1: but to learn that his
0: roots were in these you know, production
1: Like, you know, and, and like very, very weird movies. Like, Meet the Feebles. Uh, what was the other one? Um, uh, I gotta find Because
0: uh, I know, I know uh, Dead Alive. Uh, I, know, I know Dead Alive was possibly one of the goriest and over the top.
1: So, speaking of Dead Alive, in uh, King Kong, there's a scene where, like, two of the uh, main characters are in, like, the hold of the ship, and there's a box between uh, Naomi Watts, I think, is the actress, and it says Sumerian uh, rat monkey stamped yeah. on it. The like, a like, Dead Alive. The
0: uh, zombie
1: baby. Uh, yeah, they, like, created the whole mess.
0: Okay, so we got The Frighteners. Oh, yeah. I believe yeah. you're thinking of The Frighteners. in
1: Peter Jackson and... Uh, yeah, I you,
0: Peter Jackson, Rubber Suit Monsters, and now we're talking about yeah. Tales of the Crypt uh, Christmas specials.
1: Yeah, because we got into Demon Night. that's right. I can't believe we're trying to backtrack my thought process. Anyway,
0: um... You it's know, like when you, ta- ta- when you take a step gun. off the path and then, yeah. like, you're immediately lost and you're like... Wait a minute, it's like, you're it's like, you're immediately off the beaten path and you're like, you turn around and it's just like, wait, wait, what? It's like, where did I come from? It's like, well, I was like, how did I get here? Where am I going?
1: Yeah, it's definitely off uh, the beaten path. I'm going to have to um, cut this uh, though here if you don't mind.
0: No problem, I think we've already uh, gone through the list. Yeah. Uh, we've we've so, already completed um, the list, and we have, I think, two two hours of, uh, in great content, intense discussion, yeah. and a lot of good name dropping when it comes to rare, uh, and just solid horror titles.
1: Um, so, uh, do you want to um? Do you want to just plug your uh, your channels and your in po- the podcast? Because I know we've done a couple episodes together. Like you know, I'm gonna give a shout out. My I'm gonna. I'm
0: going to record a salutation after. No problem. Uh, uh, yeah, let me, give, uh, uh, let me give my conclusion, my closing statements. Uh, yeah, you guys uh, can catch me on the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. Uh, it's available everywhere, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, etc., all the major directories, anywhere podcasts are free. Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast for episodes like this one that you just heard or other great content on a range of subjects, a broad spectrum of genres, and um, I have a lot of special guests as well. BH Pumpkin Claw has been on my podcast uh, numerous times.
1: Numerous uh, times.
0: So absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can I also have a YouTube channel, um, YouTube dot, uh, dot com slash C slash Beyond Top Secret Texan, or just search Beyond Top Secret Texan on your YouTube, uh, filter it for channels like, subscribe, um, share. It's the best thing uh, for me is to share my content amongst your friends and amongst you know social media, etc. Um, basically, I'm shadow banned, so you will have to do a little go- Google foo but I, I assure you it's worth it. The content is absolutely premium, uh, high-quality stuff. Um, I also have an Instagram. I post daily on that, and that's a trip and an experience. If you like the Instagram experience and uh, the media, it offers, you know, reels, TV, uh, memes, etc. I post daily on Instagram, big di- Instagram user. I personally like it. Uh, so reach out to me on at beyond Top Secret Texan on Instagram. I also have a TikTok. Uh, TikTok is just for video evidence and things like that. Um, for those that don't know, I run a uh, disclosure conspiracy... Uh, UFO cryptozoology top secret military uh, themed uh, channel, and its focus is on like you know um, real life uh, science fiction, real life horror. And um, I kind of wanted to say this uh, because I know you would get the reference Um, like 10 years ago, I watched VHS. And, you know, I thought it was just a movie. And now my career has actually become a real-life version of VHS. Where, like, um, you know, I'm watching these these videos, these video, like, segments. And, like, every day, and it's just these, like, real-life encounters of, like, mind-blowing things. Like, from monsters to UFO encounters to ghosts and beyond and it's just like you know that's the best way I can describe it is the beyond top secret Texan uh, YouTube and, and Instagram and podcast experience is a real life VHS so you know and, and once again thank you for having me on thank you for, hey, for sharing
1: I've, your good conversation um and then uh alright thank you again that's it for the Haunted Strain I hope you guys had as good a time as we did, and uh, see you next time. Stay scared. All right, buddy.
0: Peace out, man. That was great. That was awesome.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, give me a couple days because I got I to. Gotta-